It is the Incredible Hulk podcast, a uh, special Monday edition, and boy, do we have a treat for you. Um, Alan Hughes, director of Dead Presidents, Menace to Society, Book of Eli, uh, From Hell, and on and on and on. And he uh, obviously did The Defiant Ones for HBO, currently out on Blu-ray. So we're going to talk to him. This is going to be a short one because I got Alan Hughes. So it's going to be a short one, about 11 minutes, but uh, he's amazing and you'll have a blast. So this is the Incredible Hulk podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Don't tell television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. All right, what up, what up, what up? It is Eric Hulkern, the Incredible Hulk Podcast, and it is my absolute, absolute honor to introduce you to our guest today. Uh, it is Alan Hughes. The Defiant Ones, the HBO documentary about uh, Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre is out now on Blu-ray and digital. Alan, how are you? I'm swell. How about that? <laughs> Let me just tell you first, um, it is an absolute honor to talk to you. I've been super excited to do this. Uh, but before we talk about the Defiant Ones, which is amazing, as a guy from Detroit, we are wondering if you have any ideas how we can knock down the Silver Dome since it doesn't seem to want to fall down. <laughs> oh, man, just let Donald Trump fly over that thing. It'll just crumble. <laughs> And I, I will ask, yeah, I will ask you about that later on. But I, I do want to focus on this because as a guy who's been in radio for over two decades, like this talked to me on such an amazing level. And and I know you've talked in other interviews about that first minute or so with Tyrese and Dr. Dre. And um, I do want to talk about that, but I want to talk about it in a little bit different context. I know you get this edit and you go, OK, that's what we need to do. But what a lot of people don't understand, Alan, is when you guys sit down to do a documentary, it's not like you have a script. And so you see that piece, you, you know, you see that piece put together. What does your brain do to kind of make the other four parts? Because your storytelling and the editing is sublime. And I'm just, you know, put me in your head for a second and go, okay, you see this one piece. Now what? Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because that piece that opens the film, the prologue about the Apple deal being leaked and ultimately Tyrese putting this Facebook thing where everyone's drunk, that that was the first thing that we cut. So it was essentially the pilot of the film. And you're like, oh, man, I remember getting goosebumps and going, okay, this is different. I've never seen anything like this. We're going to put this at the end of the film, which we thought was a two-part at the time. And then when it started morphing and becoming multiple parts, we still kept saying this is going to be the end of the film. And then about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I just had an epiphany. I said, no, this opens the film. This the, this makes a promise to the audience that this is not a fluff piece. And then it also asks the question, who are these guys and how did they make it through all this to still be together? So that was the thinking, you know. And it, it, it's an amazing way to start it. And you were on with Adam Carolla last week and talking about Defiant Ones, which is out now on Blu-ray and everywhere that you get digital downloads. And uh, he kind of glossed over the story. And I wanted to ask you about it a little bit more. So you walk into HBO and you've got a Dr. Dre documentary at the same time that Jimmy's walking in with an Interscope documentary. Can you mm-hmm. jump into that moment and go, like, what do you say to Jimmy when they go, oh, well, that's great, but we've got this other thing, so now what? And you're like, hey, time out. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I got a green light immediately over the phone for the Dr. Dre documentary. 
And the president of the HBO said to me, but there's a problem. Um, we just greenlit an Interscope documentary with Jimmy. I said, I'll call you right back. And I called Trey, and I called Jimmy right away, and they were a light bulb went up. I'm like, this is a better story. There's a dual, this dual narrative of these two guys. Jimmy was in right away. You know, he was in right away. Um, so it wasn't a hard sell. They got it because at the time, Beach was just erupting. You know, culturally, the FIFA thing was, you know, with the soccer thing, the Olympics, 2012, uh, the NFL being banned. Because that's how you know it just gotten so massive in the pop culture. That to me, I was like, all right, it's time to tell both their stories. And it, it turns out to be amazing. And I want to talk about two things about when you're making this thing. One, you've talked a lot about how tough this was for you emotionally because you know both of these these guys. When you're sitting down with them doing these interviews, uh, and I forget where I had heard it or read it, but you had taken upon yourself to kind of let it roll before and after to kind of get some of these these moments. Can you talk about that that process? Yeah. Early on, I discovered whether I was sitting down with Jimmy or Dre or, you know, some of these rock stars. Um, I said, you know what, you know, I, my approach has got to be, we got to decant all of this. We've got to, uh, you know, like get behind the the veneer of, of things, you know, because everyone's so guarded. So I told my crew early on, I'm like, when I say cut, don't cut. Start rolling before <laughs> right when we're micing the guys up before they sit in their chairs. And then it just became a technique, to, a device to let the audience in and, and, and get more intimate so people can see whether it's uncomfortable moments, whether it's vulnerable moments, whether it's humorous moments. You know, I don't make documentaries for a living. It was my way of going, what am I doing differently? What am I bringing to the party? Because I'm not one to come to the party without any party favors, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, for sure. And you were on a podcast over the summer um, called The Treatment, and in that interview you said that this felt to you like the first time you had landed a project creatively. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. I think everything I've ever been involved in, I always had some re a lot of regrets. I'm like, ah, oh, that could have been better, or there's some gaping holes narratively, or there's some beats missing. Nothing was 100% to me. This felt 100%, and um, I felt satisfied because maybe, one, I had the time and the mind and the wisdom now, you know, just being you know old enough and and the right the right project or, and and people who supported me so you know i think you know when you work three and a half four years or something if you're not satisfied you did something you, you <laughs> might look it up the game at that point <laughs> so do you, and i know you're working on a couple other projects a couple you can't talk about you're doing something with snoop in a half hour format for hbo but do, did you yeah. like the three and a half hour the three and a half hour three and a half year dedication to one project or do you prefer kind of having your hands in many pots at once I've never been a guy that you know. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a one woman man, so it's very difficult for me to date a bunch of women creatively. You know. Well, that that's uh, that's so, rare these days, uh, according to the news. So, congratulations to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm I'm safe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I'm producing a couple things, and then there's one great big movie I'll be making that's going to take a couple years of. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I I don't know if I ever want to get involved in something for three and a half, four years again, depending, you know. Um, but now I'm focused. Uh, I'm focused on a couple things with HBO, and then one big feature film about one of the greatest recording artists of all time, 
that Dr. Dre will be producing, actually. So that that's something I'm looking forward to. That'll be awesome. And, and again, uh, a couple of the things that I don't think a lot of people may know about you is um, you've said in other interviews you've, you had a label under Interscope for a minute, and you've always wanted to be a DJ, and you were specifically talking about the way in which Christopher Nolan uses uh, sound in Dunkirk and the way that you use sound in The Defiant Ones. Tell me about what it means to you to be nominated for a Grammy for Best Music in Film. Oh, that's unbelievable. For I mean, I, I uh, who would thought you know you're a filmmaker, you never think I'd be nominated for a, a goddamn Grammy. You know? right. So right. I, I was just, <laughs> I was blindsided by that. But you know, music is my first love as far as you know the power of it, and 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 I think I think film is the greatest artistic medium because you can use all the arts and anything and can go into film but but music is there's nothing like music it, it, it gets right to the the gut right to the soul right away so to be nominated for a grammy for something that i feel like that was my first uh outing as a as a dj <laughs> sonically you know which has always been my thing you know um but this was finally something where i could really exercise those uh those uh desires you know and those in that in that vision um, it's overwhelming to get to get nominated like that. I know I, I and I you know I don't know how, you know how I'm gonna be that that evening because um, I'm not used to being nominated for anything. So this is all just a great for me. <laughs> Defiant ones out on Blu-ray. Uh, Alan Hughes is joining us right now. And one of the things I, I went back and rewatched the series twice uh, over the past week to kind of just reset because I mean it's just it's hard to take it all in one sitting. You've got to watch it a couple times. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that kept haunting me as I was watching it is on HBO now it says season one. Any chance there'll be a season two? I think HBO does that on purpose now. <laughs> <laughs> just to just in case, you know, like the true detectives, they didn't know. Just in um, case. No, just in case. I think it's done so well. I think I know one thing HBO and I are doing is that, and and there's something I, I, mean, I can't get into it now, but there's just like Dre. The reason why I wanted to do this with Dre and Jimmy is that they both were very elusive individuals. They don't sit out for interviews. They don't do anything, you know. So I'll be looking at doing, you know, one of these every now and then on, on remarkable, elusive individuals, whether they're rock stars or in tech or whether they're in business. So we're, we're honing in on one right now. It won't be a four part, but you know, just an hour, an hour and a half, um, every now and then would be great, you know? Awesome. Alan Hughes joining us. You can get him on, uh, do you prefer Twitter or where's your thing that people want to reach out to you? I think you're busiest on Twitter, right? I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, but, you know, I don't like either of them. But I, I, I <laughs> okay, then <laughs> then don't look them up on social media. Just go get Defiant Ones. And yeah, let me, look me up, look me up. <laughs> let me just say this. If you have anyone on your holiday list that likes amazing documentaries or anything having to do with music, this has got to be one of the best music documentaries I've ever seen, and I've seen a ton of them. Alan Hughes, it has been an absolute honor, my friend. I know you've got a trillion of these to do. I hope this was at least enjoyable for mm-hmm. three of the minutes. Um, Thank so, you so much, Eric. Have a great time, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and there he goes. Man, that was fun. I would love to do like six hours with him, and maybe we'll make that happen someday. Defiant One's out on Blu-ray. You can get uh, Alan Hughes on Twitter at Hughes to Society. It is the same on Instagram. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, and you can get everything from us on the website at net. Take care.